0: if you've been going through perimenopause or menopause you know the struggle to find comfort in your body is real no matter what you try no matter what you do you're just feeling off that's why i'm so excited that i found hormone harmony it's not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause menopause or postmenopause it's become a phenomenon women cannot stop talking about it on social media and a bottle of hormone harmony is sold every 24 seconds Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making your life easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. And the best part, the biggest benefit, is feeling like yourself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Hormone Harmony. So check with your doctor before beginning any other supplement or strategy to address your health care. And if you're curious and want to give it a try, for a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code GETNAKED at the checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code GETNAKED for 15% off today. Welcome to the Modern Intimacy Podcast, a show about mental health, sex, relationships, education, education how-tos, and those private things we need to talk about more publicly with no restrictions. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Balistrieri. As a licensed psychologist, certified sex therapist, and certified sex addiction therapist, I know that mental health is directly tied to the quality of our relationships and our sex lives. I am passionate in my desire to smash stigmas about both and shine a light on relationship and societal issues that may be negatively affecting us. During this podcast, I will also give you practical answers and insights to questions you're asking about or have been hoping to solve. We should all have fulfilled happy lives, erasing shame and stigmas, and building healthy connections. Let's do that by getting curious together. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. Joining me today is Yolanda Renteria. Yolanda is a trauma therapist and licensed professional counselor in private practice at Latabule Counseling in Arizona. Yolanda is trained in EMDR, somatic experiencing, brain spotting, and DBT. She also owns her own private practice, Yolanda Renteria PLLC, where she provides somatic processing sessions, psychoeducational workshops, and speaking services. She's passionate about helping people break generational cycles and thrive in parenting and relationships. Aside from her work in mental health, Yolanda is an adjunct faculty psychology professor at Northern Arizona University, and she utilizes social media platforms to bring awareness of generational cycles that perpetuate trauma. In her free time, she enjoys reading, writing, and spending time with her family. Yolanda, thanks so much for being here and for being so gracious as I try to pronounce your name and everything that I mispronounced.
1: No, don't, don't worry. like It happens to all of us. Don't worry. Thank you for,
0: for Yeah acknowledging it, but yeah, you did great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, someone whose last name gets messed up all the time. I have a lot of empathy for how hard it is to pronounce things, but anyway. So let's talk a little bit about some of the most common reasons that adult children struggle in their relationships with their parents. What are you seeing in your practice?
1: For adults, especially as they're doing their healing work, They are trying to talk to their parents about the work that they're doing, and they're not, a lot of them are finding that parents are not open to having these conversations. There are other cases where people have been trying to have these conversations with their parents for a long time. Maybe they didn't really have the right tools to know how to start those conversations, but parents just are closed off to the idea of even listening to them.
0: Mm -hmm. I agree. I think that's probably the biggest concern that I hear when I'm working with adult children is my parent is either invalidating me or they're so defensive or they refuse to take accountability for anything that was hard for me growing up. And That trifecta is a really difficult um, defense structure in parents to break through, and it leaves their adult children feeling very lonely.
1: Absolutely. And I I get it completely because this is the first generation where we're learning that we can have these conversations. Because before this, we used to think that the parent is always right, no matter what. And it was even disrespectful
0: to say otherwise right? Hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a part of where the difficulty is starting is a, a conceptual difference on what it means to be a parent and what it means to be a child and the power structures that are sort of baked into that more authoritarian approach to parenting.
1: Absolutely. It is normal for parents to to be defensive now mm-hmm. because there are a lot of reasons but one is they were taught that the parent was always right so they believe that whatever they did was the right thing and if your child questioned you or challenged you or asked you questions about how you were doing things they were being disrespectful and, and your role was to make sure that they were not disrespectful right and a lot of our parents never could never even imagine what it would be like to have these conversations with their own parents. Mm-hmm. There's just so so much brought up for them. Also, adding to the fact that for a lot of parents, especially mothers, their only identity was to be a parent, a mother. Yes, yes. and their main identity, right? So, whenever you're talking about the things that didn't go right we are literally challenging their only life identity like this was the only thing that you did and you made a lot of
0: mistakes right so their identity gets challenged and then inherent in in that challenge is a challenge to their sense of self worth for a lot of mothers which makes them even more fragile in this conversation and defended against having it even though it would be the thing that would allow them to have the kind of relationship with their adult child that would really shine a positive light on who they are as a parent.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's the hardest part, right? Because this is the thing that actually would allow you to feel more connected, which mm-hmm. is what we often hear parents complaining about, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't like to see to frame it as a complaint but in reality a lot of parents say oh my my kids don't talk to me they don't call me they don't care about me they don't check up on me right and i'm hispanic and in our culture you know there's a lot of phrases around that like um i could die tomorrow and you wouldn't even know right so there's a lot of these messages that in reality is a desire for connection. Mm-hmm. I want you to care about me. I want you to to call me. I want to feel connected to you. But we don't ever talk about the connection. We just talk about the things that are, are happening or are not happening. Right, right. It's
0: such a good point. Underneath all of this is such a strong desire to have a relationship that feels really meaningful. And uh, there are so many behaviors, I think, that a lot of parents have been taught over time, to your point, they think they're still parenting effectively, when they push back on what they perceive to be this disrespect. But that is what really gets in the way of there being a meaningful dynamic, especially with older adult children who don't really need all of that discipline anymore. What they need is a friend or a role model. And so I think sometimes parents get stuck in the role of I'm the parent, as opposed to we are humans, right? Um, and I paved a way into this world with you.
1: Yeah, I think that's such an important point, right? Because there is a transition from when, when they were kids to now adults, Mm -hmm. and there is this belief or this knowledge that they are now adults, and so I can have a different type of relationship with them, but there's still this history that I'm attaching to a relationship, and that history is the one that keeps playing in our conversations, in our interactions, right, and so a lot of the times the parents are wanting to get closer but they don't know how to communicate that. And Mm -hmm. it comes off as a complaint. And the child is trying to communicate what they want and what they need. But then this part of the parent of the I'm right, I can't be challenged is activated. So you Mm -hmm. see a
0: lot of friction between adults and their parents. Absolutely. And I frequently hear from parents on this side of the equation. It's my child's responsibility to come to me. And then I hear from the adult children saying, it's my parents' responsibility to be the parent and come to me. And so sometimes there can be this incredible stalemate between the generations and nobody's willing to budge because of the, again, that baked in power dynamic. Um, And I wonder your thoughts, whose job is it to take the first step?
1: You know, I... I think it's up to the person who wants connection the most. Mm. And it's a hard pill to swallow because if we think about it logically, it was the parent's job to set a foundation
0: Mm -hmm.
1: where the child was able to have conversations with them so that when they grew up, conversations were natural, right? But now, when we're in repair phase and the the past is in the past and we can't change it. Well, who wants connection the most? Is it the adult child or is it the parent? If the parent is the one who wants more connection, then they're going to have to do the work at knowing how to speak to their child. And here's the thing, when we know that in, in relationship dynamics, In order for conversations to start smoothly, then one person has to be willing to be non-defensive at least. Mm -hmm. If you have two defensive people, you're not going to get anywhere, (laughs) right? Shows that the way the conversations start is likely to end. And if both people want to be heard and validated, it's not going to go anywhere. And so so, If the adult child really wants to create space for the parents to listen or to talk and be able to have those conversations, then they have to become good listeners and good at validating, which can be really, really, really hard for some people. Because on top of everything that happened in my childhood, now I have to validate your feelings, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I would not recommend this for somebody who was in an abusive, who had a very abusive childhood. I would recommend that they go to therapy and talk about what's best for them. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of parents who did the best that they could, and they thought that they were doing a good job. And their job, the job that they did was not really good or wasn't good enough. And it caused harm and for those parents if the child is open and willing they can learn how to validate and listen to the parent so that they can become non defensive and then they start to have those conversations that they really want with them
0: yeah it you're so right it it really does require one person in the dyad to and the dyad the conversation between two people to be able to be more regulated so that they can be a co-regulating agent for the other person who might get dysregulated faster or more readily. Um, But herein lies the challenge with that. Oftentimes when adult children have to be that person for their parent, they've been that person for their parent their whole lives. And that adult child has to then decide Am I going to stay true to myself and the healing that I've done? Or am I going to continue to be in the role of a parentified child with my parent? Now it's not to say that adult children can never co-regulate with their parents, um, but it is sort of a, a, a point that a lot of adult children get stuck on because they're tired. They've been doing it their whole lives.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this is only So when we really desire a connection with our parents and we see that our parents are not budging, they're really closed off, we cannot change them Mm -hmm. unless we're willing to meet them where they're at. And it's valid to not meet them where they're at, right? It's valid to say, no, if the work that I have to do to be closer to them is validating them. And really trying to understand them, really trying to understand their story and why they were the way they were. I'm not willing to do it. That's fair. And in those situations of a parentified child, I think like we probably would enter a very similar dynamic. And I would suggest that in those cases, that person first goes through their process, Mm -hmm. establish boundaries to establish, to have their own identity outside of that. Um, dynamic with the Mm parents. And if then they still have that desire to do that work, then they can come back and see. But I would also encourage them to do it with the help of a professional because it can get tricky.
0: It can. What are some of the obstacles that you've seen happen most frequently?
1: In that situation, when a person has a lot of awareness and they're as they're doing their healing work they may be too empathic for the parent and then they might miss out on their own experience right like what is happening with me to me which is also valid i think that a lot of the times i have seen parent like um adults more stuck on wanting their parents to change And refusing to do this work, right? So then it's like, okay, so we have to figure out something because your parents are not receptive. They're not going to change. When you're asking for how do I make my parent understand these are the tools, but those tools may be in conflict with other parts, right, that are showing up that are saying, no, I don't want to do this work. And then that becomes the work. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be here. There's no rush, right? Like you've already haven't had the best relationship with your parents for 30, 40 years. It's okay if you take a, a
0: few years to explore what you really want. I think it's not only is it okay, it's important because when when you do come to that crossroad of what am I gonna do here? Right. Do I go, do I lean into this relationship and try to curate an evolution between us, or do I go in this other direction, which means I feel lonely in different ways. Mm -hmm. That's a really difficult crossroad for adult children to be stuck at. And usually they've come to that decision point multiple times in their adult life, and they absorb themselves back into the family system. And then when things get too difficult, they find themselves again at that crossroads. And this process can take a long time before someone's ready to make that decision because no matter the decision that they make, there is a tremendous amount of grief. And I think that grief is what keeps people stuck for so long.
1: Absolutely. That's why one of the things I recommend the most is try what you can right now and see how that feels. I, feel, I believe a lot of it, Of the work is experimenting. Mm -hmm. Let's try it. Let's try it. Let's see if you go a week without talking to them. How is that for you? What shows up? Is it guilt? Is it a sense of, you know, I I am abandoning abandoning them, or I'm going to be cut off from the family? And what does that bring for you? Right? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately these are the things that are often keeping us and dynamics that are not the healthiest for us. So true. I mean,
0: when, when folks have this kind of tension with their parents, often we see it get played out in their romantic relationships with a partner yeah, because inevitably we bring whatever is familiar or unfinished from our family of origin dynamics into our next primary attachment relationship, which tends to be, a romantic partner, so we start to project on them and have all kinds of ideas about what our partner may or may not be thinking, how they see us, how they're treating us, what's fair, what's not fair, who's carrying what portion of the the emotional labor in the relationship. So it's important to sort of think about what boundaries can be created with your parents um, to really start thinking about how do you want to liberate yourself so that you can Free more of your own emotional space up to be present with yourself and present with wh- whoever your partner may be, if you're partnered and your children, if you have them.
1: Absolutely. I don't think enough people know that those early dynamics impact how you show up in your mm-hmm. relationships and the things that you do automatically and your triggers. And because they're so unconscious, Mm -hmm. we repeat them. And oftentimes we will find ourselves believing that we want something very different, but we don't know how to achieve it. And sometimes it's because we have never known what different looks like because we never learn it with those primary attachment figures.
0: Mm -hmm. So I really liked your your suggestion about taking things slow and experimenting with different kinds of ways to be in relationship with a parent, like taking a week and not speaking with them. What are some other initial boundaries that you recommend folks sort of try on? And what have you heard be successful and what's given people too much discomfort?
1: One tool that I have that I, that I love for people to use is trying to see their parents as if they were in a movie you know, so you're in front of them, but you're not now not part of the dynamic. You are just observing what's happening. And when people become observers, they start seeing their parents for who they really are, right? Like, oh, wow, like they get angry really quickly, or I said something and they took it the wrong way. But now it's no longer about me. It is their reactions and how they're responding. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times people begin to see I cannot be responsible for their emotions or their reactions. That's their, that that's theirs, right? Mm -hmm. I can only be responsible for my words and my actions,
0: not their reactions. That is really powerful. It's incredibly powerful when you are able to make that shift and you can feel so much more peaceful in your own skin because you're in your own power and not getting knocked off your square by their reactions. Yes. Yes.
1: Um, another thing is noticing you how, how you feel in their presence. Mm-hmm. So do you always feel like you're walking on eggshells? Do you feel like You have a sense that something is going to happen every time you're around them. And then also explore the relationships that feel safe to you. What is different when you're with someone and your body can feel completely relaxed? You feel engaged, you feel safe with this person. What is the difference from this person and your parent? Such a great question. And in that difference, can this be recreated in some way with your parents? And sometimes people find that it can, and sometimes people find that they can't. And that's why I say a lot of this work is just being curious because we're just checking and assessing. And I think when that happens, people feel more certain if they have to distance themselves from relationships or if they have to cut off their relationship,
0: period. What are some of the things that you look for that might that might tell someone that repairing a relationship with their parent really isn't possible?
1: I think maybe the therapist in me <laughs> would say, like, that's something for you and your therapist. Because <laughs> 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 people are so complex, right? Yes. I say, though, some of the the ways that I explore whether as a therapist with a client, whether it is more harmful for the person is um, if there is any type of abuse still ongoing, Mm -hmm. is this parent like highly critical? Anytime you show up in their lives, are they criticizing you? Are they putting you down in any way? Are they, you know, name calling? Are they putting you in no win situations? Are they making you responsible for everything in their lives? Are they even using corporal punishments? Because some of the times that happens, even though it's more limited, right? When Mm -hmm. someone's an adult, but if that takes place, I would say those automatically like just, yeah, put some (laughs) space in between. And then also um, if the person is completely shut down to talking to you if any attempt that you make to talk to them is received by a no or you're you're this you're that a criticism then that is a sign that they're not ready and when people decide to cut off their relationship i do feel that it's good unless the parent is like a narcissist to give them a notice and say, this is why I'm cutting you out of my life so that at least they know, and they may be, they may be reading and thinking like, no, you're being ridiculous. That's not true. Right. But at least they know why they're being cut off from your life. And if that parent is interested in being back in your life, they know the work that they have
0: to do to be Mm -hmm. back in your life. That's an important piece. I think sometimes it can feel so overwhelming, the amount of hurt that adult children will experience in their relationships, that they do just want to quietly walk away and not address the why. And in many cases, that might be the best strategy, as you highlighted, when it might be used against you, or if you feel like someone will not respect your boundaries, or if you feel unsafe in other ways, It may not be a good idea to provide too much context to that parent, but if there's a part of you that thinks, wow, maybe if they have this information, there's hope then, or maybe I just want them to understand where I'm coming from, even if there's no hope, you know, then I think it's a great idea to try to provide that information if you haven't already.
1: Yes. Yes. And this is why I say that this is so complex and so different for Mm -hmm. everyone because everybody has their own life experience. There are some parents who do truly believe that they did the best and are very defensive. And I have worked with parents who have been cut off from their children's lives and they have no context. Mm -hmm. So, as a therapist, I have no context to work with, right? Like, other than trying to figure out. Ha- what happened but it takes more work and it's more difficult than if there was some context but i also think like maybe some people know that if they share this the parent will ca- like make it so that it's really hard for them to leave so it's okay for for the adult child to decide to take some time off without saying it mm-hmm. saying anything but then at some point, it is really healing for that person to let the parent know the why when appropriate. Yeah. This is why doing this work with a therapist to know what's appropriate for you is really, really key.
0: I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that every situation is so different. Every parent-child dynamic is so unique. Um, let's talk a little bit for a minute or two to the parents who might be on the receiving end of this conversation and hearing things that might feel challenging or hearing things that they might be curious about, what tips might you suggest for them as they're trying to make sense of their own options and and part?
1: The first thing is to explore their own childhood. What were things like? What what did you grow up believing when you were a child, right? Were you a- ever able to talk to your parents about the things that you needed? Were you did, did it ever feel safe to talk to your parents about what didn't feel good? And as you're thinking about these, and I know a lot of parents haven't ask yourself why it's so hard to even ask yourself these questions. I know a lot of parents Believe that the past is in the past. You have to just get over it. And I want to validate that because before people were not having these conversations and you really did have to just get over it. And you had to do the best that you could with what you Mm had. But now you have an opportunity to have a different type of relationship with your adult child and you have a choice to make. You have the choice to just. Put, push everything away and pretend that everything is okay, but not have a better relationship with your adult children. Or you have the choice to try to learn things like
0: different things to improve the relationship with your adult children. Now, it reminds me of a quote that I often hear Dr. Stan Tatkin say, and Stan created the PACT model of couples therapy. So he's all about protecting relationships. And he often says something along the lines of, would you rather be right? Or would you rather be connected? And I think that really applies here. And a lot of uh, the adult parents that I, the adult parents, that's redundant. A lot of the parents that I've worked with um, over the years that have have really difficult relationships with their children, as we talked about earlier in the episode, they're really holding on to an idea of who they are, as opposed to what actually could resolve the relationship. And so I think when those parents are able to say, look, my child wants a relationship with me too, and they've been trying to tell me something, and it's okay if I've missed it up until now but I do have an opportunity to show up for them in a different way. And that can be really liberating for the parents because obviously not all the time, but in many scenarios, the adult children have been waiting for that moment. They've been craving that moment. They've tried to cultivate that moment. They've tried to sort of back end the opportunity for that moment and it's never happened. So for their parent to get it, and for their parent to show up as a parent in this different way is one of the things that so many adult children really melt around and, and some of the tension can be eased. Then you can get to some of the other parts of repair.
1: Absolutely. Honestly, the biggest thing that I see now is that both the parent and the adult child want to feel heard, mm-hmm. understood, and validated. And if the adult, if the parent does that for their child, there it will open the door just for so much connection. I have met adults who don't want a relationship with their parent, and mm-hmm. it usually is because they don't even consider them their parents because of how horrible they were, right? Yeah. And in those situations, that's very valid and it's very valid for that adult child not to want connection. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, as long as parents tried, at least tried, adult children will want a connection with them. And they would not even be trying to have these
0: conversations if they did not. That is such a great point, right? It's a lot easier to avoid this conversation and let the intimate connection of a parent and child dynamic fade away that's easier sometimes than continuing to say, hey, there's something I want to talk about and it's hard for both of us. But that shows just how caring they really are. Absolutely. What are some of your favorite books or other resources for adult children or parents who are sort of in this crossroad?
1: You know, I was thinking about that the other day. So there are so many Mm -hmm. for adult children. I would say that, probably one of the best ones is adult children of emotionally immature adults. (laughs) That's my favorite one too. (laughs) So good by Lindsay Gibson. Yes. Then there's another one that's called um, your turn for care Mm. by Laura. I forget her last name and I'll have to get you the other one. The third, there's there's a third one, but it talks about these dynamics and Really learning to put your needs first in a world where you learned that your needs didn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. And for parents, I was trying to think about what book would be the best. I think that we need more literature for parents to do this. Yes. Their adult children, yes. But I would say that I would recommend doing um, attachment books because. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the things that prevented them to show up better as parents was their lack of attachment or their problems with attachment. Because when you are emotionally connected to your children, you're going to listen more and you're going to try Mm -hmm. to understand more and you're going to validate more. And often those things are missing or don't feel natural because you're so disconnected. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times when they reach out as adults, the same thing happens because we're not connected emotionally. It's easier to dismiss what they're saying. Yes, uh, Work around that and also learning about healthy parenting Mm -hmm. which to a lot of us I know this was my case too I felt like it was fake (laughs) when (laughs) I started reading parenting books like this does not sound real (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like like this is just too much Mm -hmm. right years later i realized that it wasn't that it was too much or unrealistic it was just that it was not my reality i was not mm-hmm. raised like that right. and now learning to be that parent felt awkward because i i did not grow up in that environment right. but when parents start opening themselves up to the idea that these things that are very healthy for kids could be a reality they start renegotiating how they could have been parents And they start renegotiating how they could have been parented, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is where sometimes people feel like, well, it's in the past. You can't change the past. What good is this? When we renegotiate these things and we think back and say, things could have been different for me, then we start putting pieces together. And well, what type of kid would that have made me? And if I was that child, then how would I have turned up as an adult? Mm -hmm. And that's the work that we do as adults. Wow. When I was a child, I normalized not hearing I love you. I didn't even miss it. And then as an adult, I find it so hard to say I love you. Mm -hmm. Guess what? The work now is to feel more um, confident saying I love you. But it's going to feel super awkward if I first don't acknowledge that, you know what, that actually would have been nice mm-hmm. here back then. Yeah, And that's that
0: connection that we often miss. It's so true. And I think sometimes when we're adults looking back at our childhood, we're looking at the experience of our childhood from the sophisticated brain of our, of our adult minds. But it's so important to remember the little kid in you that didn't hear I love you not the adult who's intellectualized it and who has developed all sorts of coping strategies to move around that and maybe isn't so bothered as you know as other people might be around it but the little kid who always wondered does mom or dad love me am i a nuisance am i too much are they going to reject reject me or abandon me or punish me you know we have to remember that these injuries stay in our psyches at the age when we first experienced them. And so we've, when we're re understanding and renegotiating what our lives could have been like if our parents had been the parents we needed instead of the parents we had, right? Mm-hmm. That,
1: Absolutely.
0: yeah, it, it can bring up a lot of grief and I, and it's hard work. So please, if you're listening to this episode, know that it's difficult. It can take as long as you need it to take if you choose to embark on that path, but definitely it can be worthwhile to have more compassion for the version of you that still is holding on to some of these wounds because having that compassion for yourself allows you to have the compassion for your children. Absolutely. And also it allows us to show up
1: differently Mm -hmm. ourselves Mm -hmm. with more empathy and compassion. And one of the things that I, often tell people is that it's really hard to give something we ourselves don't don't give ourselves. Because maybe I can be really empathic towards another person. But if I don't feel empathy towards myself, that is not going to be a healthy dynamic. But if I am able to feel empathy for myself, and then I can extend that from that place to other people. It, so changes. it changes the way that you are. It changes the way that you see yourself. It changes mm-hmm. the way that you talk to yourself mm-hmm. when you do the, the inner work. And like you mentioned, things stop being logical. I know logically I love my children and I would give my life for my children. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a logical thought. But what about the felt sense? Do you feel it in your body? A lot of us had to disconnect from our body in order to survive our childhood. And we don't just reconnect by chance. It takes a lot of intentional effort to reconnect.
0: I really appreciate you bringing that up because the defensiveness is so disembodied. Right. And it's really scary for a lot of people to drop back into their bodies, because with that comes the risk of actually feeling something, right? And our adaptive and protective strategies keep us out of our bodies so that we minimize any hurt that might be there. And that can make it really hard to repair, whether it's parents and adult children or partners. If you don't have the necessary skills and tools to tolerate the discomfort, it can feel like a Sisyphean endeavor, rolling that rock uphill. So getting into therapy or doing some of that self-development to improve the skills that you have to navigate those big feelings can make it a much more accessible journey. Yes, absolutely.
1: I'm so glad you mentioned that because... For some people, doing this work is not priority. The
0: Mm -hmm. priority
1: is focus on yourself, focus on regulating your emotions, focus on finding ways to ground and be in your body in a way that feels safer to you. Mm -hmm. And if you can't be in your body, that's okay. But a lot of that may take finding what's safe in our environment. So that we're able to access things that we haven't been able to access before. Mm -hmm. So even like thinking about repairing the relationship with our
0: parents might not even be the place to start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes it's about finding the safety within our own selves first, right? Because of course we don't heal in a vacuum and we do heal in relationships. And at the same time, if we're super disconnected from our own experience then it becomes sort of a lopsided healing in the other direction. Absolutely. Or Mm -hmm. too dysregulated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Yolanda, thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. I I really learned a lot from your social media. I learned a lot from our conversation today. And I'm wondering if folks want to work with you or if they want to learn more about what you do in your practice, where can they reach you?
1: Yes, my website is YolandaRenteria.com, and I offer somatic sessions for people around the world if they want to process the trauma from their body, if they want to feel more connected. I, I work with people on that end. And, and then I also am licensed to practice in Arizona. So if people are interested in therapy and live in Arizona, they can contact Latteville Counseling to get information. And I also have workshops available and I actually did a workshop for parents. And I did a workshop for adult children. Amazing. Yeah, it it was incredible. It was
0: amazing. Um, but they're also available on my website. Wonderful. And we'll put all of Yolanda's information in the show notes. So you can check out everything uh, wherever you get your podcasts and also at modernintimacy.com slash podcasts under this episode. Thank you again, Yolanda. And thank you everyone for listening. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Modern Intimacy Podcast. On Instagram, follow me at Dr. Kate and at The Modern Intimacy. On TikTok, check me out at Dr. Kate and on Twitter at Kate Everyone has questions about mental health, sex, and relationships. Send yours to me via DM on Instagram or email them to questions at modernintimacy.com and I'll answer some at the end of each episode. Visit the website, modernintimacy.com, to schedule a consultation with a member of our team or to sign up for our newsletter. Let's meet back here next week. New episodes air every Tuesday. Reminder, this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for mental health services. Seeking the truth never gets old.